You've all gone the extra mile to revise this. We're in great shape for the client meeting. Thank you all. You're here for others. The urgent care is closed. Should we go to the ER? You know what? I know what to do. We're here for you. That is a little bit higher than normal, but medically, it's not a fever. Oh good, that's a relief. Have a great day, sweetheart. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> the client loved it. We're approved to move forward. Great job, everyone. Live fearless, North Carolina. It's the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Tuesday, October 8th. I'm Donald Ware. It is Takeaway Tuesday on the program. It's the day where we really take an in-depth look at the HBCU football scoreboard from week six. A couple of accolades and a couple of shout-outs we want to give out uh, really quickly here. And the Langston Lions are playing some good football right now. So Langston is is only have they only have one loss on the season. Um, and I mean they've made the NAIA playoffs the last couple of years. Tim Whitfield, the running back for Langston, in the victory over Lyon College, 230 yards rushing and four, count them, four touchdowns in the victory by Langston. So Langston is playing very well. Tim Whitfield is averaging is, uh, has 530 yards rushing. He's got a couple of – started out the season slow, but he's got a couple of 100-yard games, including 230 yards, 230 yards rushing in the victory over Lion College. Also, we got to be able to give shots out to our Box to Row National Players of the Week, and uh, we'll start with the Florida A&M quarterback Ryan Stanley you know, I've, I've said this for a couple of years now. I've used the word elite and Ryan Stanley in the same sentence for a couple of years now. And he's starting to really show why he's an elite level type of quarterback. Completed 22 of 32 passes for 306 yards, four touchdowns, only had one interception. He threw interception, interception. He threw the game winning touchdown pass. Two yards to Xavier Smith with 25 seconds remaining as, of course, Florida A&M defeated North Carolina Central 28-21. The Eagles had upset on their mind going into Tallahassee. It was homecoming in Tallahassee in excess of 25,000 there at Bragg Stadium. And listen, this guy is cold. Like, he he's a really good quarterback. I you know, he, he his first couple of years, he was more he was not more of a runner, but he could run, and um, they made him more of a pocket passer. And I mean, he is you know he's good, he's really really good. So Ryan Stanley is the one of the box to row national players of the week. And by the way, I mean you're talking about a really good football game there in uh, in Tallahassee, one in which Florida A and M jumped out to. I believe it was a 14 to nothing lead. North Carolina Central came back, tied the game. Uh, Florida A&M goes up. Central comes back and ties the game. And then ultimately, uh, you're talking about the uh, North Car- the uh, the Rattlers pulling out um, that football game. So that was a really good football game in Tallahassee. And again, now Florida A&M remains undefeated in MEAC play. But even but as important, not more important, but as important. What now happens is 
they have the tiebreaker against North Carolina Central. Unfortunately, the Rattlers are ineligible for postseason play. They can still win the conference, I would suppose, because there's no conference championship, but ineligible for postseason play um, are the Rattlers this season. And that's unfortunate because I think um, Florida A&M's got a really, really good football team, but, you know, still have an opportunity uh, to, in fact, grow. The other Boxer Row National Player of the Week, Fayetteville State running back Stevie Green, had 187 yards rushing and three touchdowns as the Broncos walloped Chowan 66-20. was homecoming in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And Fayetteville State playing some really good football. Stevie Green now has in excess of 3,700 yards rushing in uh, three and a half seasons at Fayetteville State. Is this the year that the Broncos can win the championship? I think they have all the elements, obviously, from an offensive perspective. Stevie Green is tight. The passing game is solid. And by the way, it's not just Stevie Green. They've got a pretty good running game as a whole. And um, do they have the elements to take that next step in terms of being uh, the CIAA champions? Fayetteville State has not won a CIAA championship since 2009, so we'll see how things play out. But again, congratulations to Ryan Stanley of Florida A&M and Stevie Green of Fayetteville State, both with their second Box to Row National Player of the Week awards in their careers. Let's take a look at the HBC, the uh, Box to Row HBCU coaches and media polls. We'll start with the coaches poll. No surprise, North Carolina A&T, number one coming off the 58-19 victory over Norfolk State, unanimous number one, followed by Bethune-Cookman at number two, Alcorn State at number three, Florida A&M at number four, and South Carolina State at number five. Um, all of those teams were uh, one through five on last week. Southern was six, is six and was six last week. Prairie View A&M was seven and uh, is seven and was seven last week. Alabama A&M number eight, Arkansas Pine Bluff number nine, and Hampton re-enters the poll at number 10. The first victory of the season, uh, uh, well, really, I, I say of the season, excuse me, I mean in terms of Big South play, they beat North Alabama, and that's the first victory in Big South play for Hampton. In the media polls, similar situation, one through six, the same from last week, A&T, unanimous selection, followed by Bethune-Cookman at number two, Alcorn State number three, South Carolina State number four, Florida A&M number five, six through ten looks like this, Prairie View A&M, Bowie State, Southern, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, and Alabama A&M rounds out the top ten. Bowie State, the only undefeated team that is left in all of HBCU football. Bowie State is 5-0 and on the season. And um, listen, uh, the Bulldogs, uh, you know, they're definitely getting it done, and I would say more so from a defensive perspective. Um, very good defense. You know, Damon Wilson, the head coach, mentioned that, you know, we, we talked a lot about um, Amir Hall and uh, what he could do, but he says, hey, you know, the way that we run our system, yes, Amir Hall is very good, but, I mean, we have a certain system that we run that 
would allow for any, not any, but a lot of quarterbacks to have success and just the offense as a whole to have success. And they're having success in the running game and the passing game as well. So Bowie State, the only undefeated team in all of HBCU football. Um, you know, a couple of couple of other notes. Grambling and Jackson State played in Jackson, Mississippi. Do you know they had in excess of 32,000 fans at that football game? In excess of 32,000 fans um, at that football game. Uh, wow, that's pretty big time. Now, let's go back to 2013. If you remember when the Grambling players decided to, um, to boycott uh, a couple of games, that it was the Jackson State game, one of the games in which um, which was boycotted that year. It was the actually the first game, and I think it may let me see, it may have been the only game. Actually, it was the, it may have been the only game uh, that uh, Grambling didn't play that year. Of course, Grambling won this football game against Jackson State. It was for Grambling's the first win of the season. But how how big is that to have thirty two thousand fans at a regular season game? Which the game, I mean, you know, I would argue didn't have. Uh, a whole lot of it had some meaning because if you're you know if you you're grambling you don't want to go o four and then be o and two in swag play you know and then if you're Jackson State I mean you you know I mean I, I just you know for me Jackson State is just not a contender they're they're just not a contender right now in the Eastern Division definitely Alcorn State um, no doubt about that and then Alabama A and M is undefeated Alabama State with the loss to Alcorn State this past weekend, sort of right now at least on the outside looking in. Uh, so I guess, I mean, it wasn't a, a super important game, but, it, I mean, it, that just shows you, and, and, and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, who was the better conference between the SWAC and the MEAC? You know, my thought is it's the MEAC. But when you're talking about support, you're talking about attendance, you're talking about fans, hands down, it is the SWAC. And this is one of the reasons why a game that's an early season game for two teams that are struggling got 32,000 fans at that football game. That really, really speaks volumes. So on the conference call this week, and I, I don't want to make this about Alcorn State and, you know, the, 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 the SWAC conference call each week. But, I mean, I think it, you know, it's really an important deal where Felix Harper is really, really playing well, the quarterback for Alcorn State. And you got Noah Johnson, who was the SWAC's Offensive Player of the Year last year. Um, he's been he he's been injured, and so you know I, I want to find out each week what Fred McNair has to say. This week, you know, he said that Noah Johnson is day to day, but he also said you know Felix Harper is playing well. So as long as he's playing well, he's going to play and. You know, I've been saying that uh, for the last couple of weeks or so that, I mean, I the, the way that – and he also said uh, – he also – somebody else also said, I think it was um, it was it was Coach Thomas, excuse me, the, the head coach at Arkansas Palm Bluff, said that if Harper was a 6'4 kid, uh, was 6'4 in, in height, he wouldn't even be playing at Alcorn State. So this guy, meaning Felix Harper, is the real deal. He's definitely gotten it done. And, I, you know, as long as he continues to play well and Alcorn State continues to play, uh, to continue to win, I just don't see how Noah Johnson is going to see the field this season. It's going to be hard for him to see the field, um, a big 35-7. to 7. I mean, That's a convincing 
win three touchdowns for Felix Harper in that game. No interceptions. I mean, I just think it's going to be hard for Felix Harper to, in fact, see the field. So those are some of my thoughts. Takeaway Tuesday here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. On tomorrow, on tomorrow, you know, we generally transition. It's midweek. It's hump day. We talk about the game's upcoming But tomorrow, I'm going to give you my top five players at the midway point. It's something we've done for the last, I don't know, six or seven seasons. Top five players at the midway point. You don't want to miss tomorrow's HBCU Football Daily Podcast. I'm going to give you my my top five players at the midway point and some news and notes in terms of the midway point of the HBCU football season. Don't. Let the HBCU Football Daily Podcast be a secret. Tell someone about the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. You can either download the program at BoxToRow.com or listen online at BoxToRow.com. Talk with you tomorrow. I got dollars on my blogger. Serve it to my blogger.